I love that intro music. It's well, so good. Welcome to Chasing Life, episode three. Um, how about this weather we're having? It went from what, like twenty nine degrees last week. Yeah, and then two days later, I'm mostly annoyed because I got a sunburn. <laughs> And then, so, you know, when you get a sunburn and you're just kind of cold, like a little bit cold after you've had a sunburn. So I'm cold because I have a sunburn and then I'm just cold because it's also minus two and snowing outside. Yeah, there was a, uh, I mean, there's no snow accumulation, but there was a, a more than a couple of times today that I looked Disgusting. out and it was like, there was frozen precipitation coming down. And poor little Bobo learned to ride his bike on the weekend. And I had no interest in standing out in the weather while he rode his bike. He was he was mad at me today because I didn't want to go out yeah. and ride bikes with him. So we had a hand me down. Hudson outgrew his Strider bike. These Strider bikes are the best thing in the world. So good. We could let's let's tag Strider bikes and maybe they'll yeah. send us a, a free one. Um, so we had a and we bought the the twelve inch one, the little little one, because it goes in a rocker. We actually bought it for Hudson for his first birthday, and. You know, they it goes into a rocking base where they can kind of, they can ride it like a like a rocking horse, but a rocking bike, and so it gets you gets them used to sitting in the seat and holding on to the handlebars. So by the time we took it out of the rocker for Hudson, he was so comfortable on the bike that he just basically like walked with it, and then in no time he was zooming. zooming. He'd, he'd clear the gym. He'd yeah. come in. He'd come in like a wrecking ball and thing, and just lift his feet and then shh, yeah. clear across. And the then gym. started doing tricks on it. I remember members being astounded at like his age and his ability on that bike. So I'm looking forward to Bo doing the same because I think he'll he'll do the same. Remember the video that I have of him doing the ramps? Yeah. When we bought him all the safety gear, yeah. he had like helmet, knee pads, shin so pads, the whole bit. Hold that thought for a sec because that's when we bought him the bigger bike. Yeah. So. In hopes of being able to hand down the little bike to Bo, we bought Hudson, the bigger version of the Strider bike, which you can also put the pedal conversion kit on it. So, we tried that a little while ago and yeah. he was not a fan. So we're still using it as a Strider, but we do have the pedal conversion kit that we can just pop the pedals on it. And I, I saw a reel of a dad who basically built like a... Did I send it to you? I don't think so. So he built a... Um, like a stationary bike mount for it, essentially, but elevated the bike high enough that the, the child could still have the pedals on, but the bike was elevated and supported so that the kid didn't have to worry about the bike actually going anywhere and could adjust to holding the handlebars and pedaling on the pedals. So I should, I hopefully I saved it. I send it your way and you can kind of see if you can make a mount for it when Hudson's I mean, ready for pedals. I mean, this is what cyclists do in the winter in Canada. Yeah. They have, they have a, they have a mount that they can put their yeah. bike into. Yes, I know. Um, and then, so we finally took the, the small strider bike out of the rocker for Bo and he was riding it on the weekend and it doesn't take long for them to figure it out. Hey, like they just, no, for the first 20 minutes he was just walking, kind of stumbling over it but mm -hmm. fairly quickly. He would like, he would do a lot of that still, but every once in a while, sit down and just like, and w w with his butt on the seat. Yeah. Walk. So along with the new skill of riding the bike is the new words that go along with riding the bike. Like hat is what he calls the helmet and seat and bike. Yeah. Well, when then we were in town on the weekend when you were down at the uh, Forest City CrossFit for the uh, Festivus. Mm -hmm. He was carrying on. I, w I took him out to, we went and we ordered lunch. We picked it up and then had a little picnic with the with the, both the boys. And the whole ride to pick up food, bike, bike, motorcycles. As you can imagine when it's 28 degrees outside, everybody who has a motorcycle is taking advantage. Yeah. He's just, the words are coming rapid fire. He's so excited about being able to ride this bike. Let's he, go. Let, let's go. And that's his, that's his new excitement phrase. Let's go when he's ready to go somewhere. And he is a determined little bugger. He that boy. He's, yeah. He does a little graspy with his hand. He's tough. <laughs> Falls over and then drags himself Just up from under on the gravel. Gets right back up. Yep. So poor Bobo couldn't ride his bike today. We could have brought it into the gym. I suppose he could have rode it in the gym, but tomorrow's a new day. He can ride his bike tomorrow. And in the meantime... We're just waiting for the crappy weather to pass so that we can get more work done outside. I was actually going to look. Yeah, don't look. It's really bad. I took a screenshot and posted it on our Instagram. About the weather? Yeah. Oh, no. It's terrible. Don't look. 
Thursday rain in 22. Yeah. Okay. Look at Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday, oh, Thursday. 11 rain. Went Thursday. 28 degrees. Thursday, 22 and rain. Okay. And then look at the weekend. Next and then, weekend. Well, negative one to nine degrees. On Sunday. <laughs> what? Such schizo weather we have here. It's like this start, stop, start, like start, stop, spring. We're it's terrible. Have three of the four seasons all in about a week and a half here. Yeah. It's so hard to dress the kids when the weather is like this. What, Hudson, yeah. after when you were out in the gym, Hudson, let's go outside. I'm like, buddy, I don't <laughs> think you want to go outside. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. You can go outside. It's just not, don't expect the weather that we had last week. You'll, you're in for yeah. a rude awakening if you go outside in shorts and a t-shirt right now. <laughs> so last week. We got a lot done. I'm so proud of us. You put up a bunch of fence mid last week. Just don't look too close. Yeah. <laughs> this is our first, we did about 75, 80 feet of fence and there's a little swale to the, to the fence parts. Um, so we got to do some modification. We got to tear them off and, and re-level them. But other than that, we did that and then, uh, we worked right until dark. Like yeah. it was, you were holding the flashlight while we were stringing up the last bits of, uh, electric fence for. We really wanted to get Ruby out onto that pasture, open up that pasture so that she could get out into that front piece there. Cause it's probably, I mean. Would you call that a third of an acre, maybe? No, that's more than a third of an acre. Yeah? That's probably three-quarter acre. That's a pretty big chunk of yep. land that we could put her out there so that we didn't have to keep feeding hay and that she could eat some fresh grass. And it just felt really nice to get her out there. So it was a big push to get that one piece of fencing done. And then... For the three days that she was able to... Well, no, she was out there for... I mean, she's been out every day, but yeah. some of the, with the weather, she, she doesn't go quite as long. And then we had to string a piece of electric fence across because there's a gap there. And you wanted to be able to access the chicken coop. So we kind of ran a, a piece of electric fence kind of from the, we call it the chute out the back door yep. and into the pasture. <clears throat> and that took us, we were out there until, yeah, 930 or so yep. trying to get that done so that when we turned her out in the morning, we could just put her right out. Yep. And I got really excited, but it was pretty anticlimactic. She did a couple of little hops, but it wasn't, I mean, I don't know if she wasn't pregnant, would she be like really hopping i don't know what night was it that she got the zoomies and she was chasing me around the pasture i think that I, was friday I a, or i got Saturday a text night. message go she's chasing me it was that was terrifying like yeah. it's like a puppy she wanted to play she was being very playful but she weighs 900 pounds and it was terrifying like i was and she scared is, and she is not tame about her want mm. of some affection no and i would get her to stop but as soon as i started to walk away she thought that i was playing again and she would come at me again so finally i'm not proud of this but this was the only strategy i had i grabbed her by both ears and like twisted them like motorcycle <laughs> handles it was the only way that i could get her to leave me alone like she just wasn't getting it and it was pretty scary i, I mean came, with, I, I came out of the back of the barn kind of hollering and she kind of just stopped and looked over yeah. at me and gave you enough time to I think you probably just changed the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, that's enough. <laughs> Listen, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't, in, it wasn't um, malicious. She wasn't intending to hurt me. But again, because of her size and her, you know, complete lack of body awareness, <laughs> she could do some damage. And she actually headbutted me right in the chest and <laughs> like took the wind out of me. Yeah. And like, we were getting ready to close things up. So I was wearing flip flops. Like <laughs> I was not dressed for cow shenanigans. Like yeah. <laughs> I was lesson learned. Always be, always be dressed for cow shenanigans. So we did that. Um, I can't remember what day it was. I did the work on that pen on the chicken pen. That was Saturday. Yeah. So I got that all kind of sorted out with some, like, well, we actually used deer netting for that. And I'm thinking of a couple of different ideas because that stuff's, A, a real pain to string onto there and B, isn't, is already kind of splitting a little. So the plan is to put the broiler chickens out into this portable chicken tractor that Bill has fashioned out of PCV, PVC pipe and plastic deer netting. And we've, we used it in the past with the other chicken tractor that we had in the back much larger on a much larger scale yeah. um and it was it was good like it it worked yeah. really well my concern with this setup is predators because the plan is to leave them in that chicken tractor out in the field following behind ruby yeah all the time for yeah. 12 weeks and i just think that the the tractor itself is a little bit too light that if a predator wanted to get in there they would 
Yeah, I think um, I've thought about ways to add electric fence to the outside of it, put mm. a string around it a little, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of give them a little shock because we have that portable solar-driven um, whatever uh, charger. Would you have to be clever about the way you run that? Like if you're to... I was thinking of actually running like a bit of an offset and then hanging wires, mm. like little dancer wires. Like electric eels at yeah. Tough Mudder? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Basically, yes. Yeah. Same idea, but That's around terrible. the world. But I mean, we can you turn it off during the day. So when we're there, you would kick it on before we went to bed at night. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't feel like that's going to be secure and safe. And if our a number one goal is to keep our livestock safe, that doesn't feel like. Yeah, we're going to try it out a little bit. I think the other advantage might be is if it's out there and Ruby's out there. The yeah. coyotes don't come around as much with cows around because people don't understand that cows are actually pretty savage. Mm-hmm. They can't be. Especially if the baby's out there with her. Yeah. Even so. if the baby's in a cow hutch. Yeah. Calf hutch. So we did that. And then on Sunday, mm-hmm. we had... Uh, okay, whoa. Before you talk about what we did on Sunday, we're, let's talk about what Hudson did on Sunday. Oh, right. Hudson went to farm school on Sunday. So we took, that was how we got the time to be able to manage doing what we were doing here. Yeah. So I found a farm school nearby. I'm not sure what farm school is necessarily going to involve. I don't care. I don't care what they do at farm school. Hudson goes on Sunday mornings for two and a half hours and we get to spend time with Bobo, which is great. Yeah, so we dropped him off there. We took Bo to the park and went for got some coffees and went for a walk around the park. And Springbank is so beautiful right now. It's like the blossoms are all out and the magnolias, and hopefully the magnolias don't get killed by the cold weather, but so they we, will. So we went and walked around there for a little bit, and Bo pointed out all the dogs and the bikes. Yeah, pet all then, the dogs. Uh, and then we came home and did some work here. But yeah, it seems like Hudson had a good time. You were getting a lot of photos, um, a lot of, I mean. To be fair, it's a, a, few, a bunch of kids on a rural property just kind of doing outside things. So mm-hmm. what, how much farming is involved is not is uh, is up for debate, but uh, they're outside doing things like... Yeah, who I cares? Mean, they do have chickens. I saw I saw them rolling through the chicken coops and stuff, mm-hmm. So, which I, I thought would be interesting because, I mean, we have chickens. So that's not something... He said he didn't mention it. He's like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. And I will say um, Hudson's measure of his good day <laughs> at farm school... <laughs> Um, we told, we told him before he left that he couldn't take his penis out and he couldn't swear. And so that was when he, I had, I had a really good day. I didn't take my penis out and I didn't say any swears. Bless that child's heart. Oh man. Those were the rules before he left. And that was his measure of, of having a good day at farm school. I mean, we, with older sisters and we don't watch our mouth as much as we should with the kids, but uh, that and potty training not having a diaper on is a, a challenge with little little boys yeah well and the the teacher of farm school has sons herself so she said my little guy usually just pees outside i'm like ah, oh, perfect he'll be he'll be great he'll in good company <laughs> yeah and then your mom picked him up so that yeah. gave us even more time so and drove him back here yeah grammy picked him up from farm school and took him to watch charlie and the chocolate factory because we just finished reading that book which was so awesome i loved reading charlie and the chocolate factory to him um I think like it has just such vivid imagery. And I just remember like when I was reading that book, I was probably much older than Hudson is. I mean, Hudson's only four. I was surprised at his ability to yeah, he did really listen good. to a book without I mean, a ton of pictures. You guys were doing it like 20 minutes at a chunk before bed laying on the floor. Yeah. And he was there for it. Oh, yeah. And then he would retell the story. Like when your parents came over for dinner, he was telling them what part of the book we're in and... Yeah, he was really engaged with it, which was really surprising because, again, he's only four. So we um, finished the book and I told him that when we were done reading it, then he could watch the movie. And he got it in his head that he wanted to watch the movie at your parents' house. So My mom said that when they were over for dinner the other day, my mom mentioned that they had a copy of the movie. Yeah. So I just said, well, why don't you pick him up from farm school and he can watch the movie. It's actually even closer to my parents' house than it is to us. Yeah. So it worked out really, really well. We got... Lots of time with Bo, and then we got time to put a new piece of equipment together. Yeah, so we actually unboxed the tiller a little while ago. Um, so we wanted to put that to work. So when I was researching the hay equipment is when I found that. 
we were, I was looking around because we were kind of going like, well, this is, they've got these pieces of equipment. This is how much they want for them. What are these things worth? So I found Yanmar actually makes all three pieces of equipment that we bought. We didn't buy Yanmar pieces, but um, Yanmar makes small tractors. Like they're a, a compact and subcompact tractor company. Um, they actually made the diesel. Are you sponsored? Yeah, you'd think, but no, I mean, we drive John Deere's. I joked with the delivery guy when he dropped it off. I'm like, they didn't come in green, eh? And he was like, nope, don't think so. He didn't quite get my joke because he's, they work for Case. Like the Delta Power is predominantly Case. So they're, they'll usually deliver red tractors. And he was delivering me a red piece of equipment on my green tractor. But, um, so I quoted from them the equipment that we were buying. Um, ours isn't their brand, but they're basically the same thing. They're kind of, there's a lot of these things that are, I mean, you look at them and you go like, are these coming out of one factory? Cause they all look, even the balers look almost identical. Um, so they, uh, that was when I was researching the pieces that we bought, just trying to figure out like, is this a good deal? Like where, where it's at. Um, and while I was on their website, I found this other, it's a, uh, tiller and bed shaper. So it's actually two pieces of machinery. Um, the first piece is just a typical rototiller, um, mounts to the back of the tractor. Um, it says made for like 25 to 60 horse tractors, which is ours is kind of right in the sweet spot in the middle. I'll be honest, after running it, I can't imagine having a 25 horse tractor and running that thing. No, know. you need a lot of juice, I think, on that to get I that mean, thing going. If you're not in clay like we are, it might work a little bit mm, better. But, maybe. But um, so it's got a, a rototiller on it that's, I don't know, about what, five feet wide or so. And then the second piece that attaches to the back of that um, is a bed shaper that actually, as it tills it, it brings the dirt into the center and makes a nice formed raised bed with a bit of a, tr- a ditch on either side of it. And also has the option to do um, drip line and... Um, like landscape fabric or mulch mulch fabric um because they make like, they actually make a mulch fabric that goes that you can use the same thing what um, what is mulch fabric I, I don't know but oh. i imagine it's like compressed mulch material like almost like mm. paper um so you can mount that on it as well <clears throat> it basically forms the bed lays down the the drip tape underneath lays the the whatever fabric or whatever on top of that and then actually has a piece that basically scoops up dirt and puts it on the side as it goes down so um, I was doing a little bit more research today because we started using it. <laughs> um, it didn't go super great, partly because I think our our fabric isn't wide enough. And I couldn't for the life of me find how wide the fabric is supposed to be. And even talking to their, I talked to the, like the chat, like whatever, like ask us a question on their website. And this, the girl there was like, well, it needs nine inches extra. I'm like nine inches extra from what? Like they're not specific. So, so four and a half inches on either side, maybe. No, nine on either side. So you need, I, I, I'm going to measure the thing. I'm going to try to find it as wide as I can get that'll fit on the bar that it feeds from. Cause I think anything will work inside of that. Cause you can, there is some adjustability for width wise. Um, so we're going to see, um, we ran it a little bit, um, and we were both excited about soil. <laughs> Two till, things I that till, I've surprised myself yeah. with this week, being excited about the grass popping up and getting green. Yeah. Never been so excited about grass in my life. Never, ever have I ever cared this much about grass um, and, and soil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we were on a new place, a new patch of of like land on the other side of the house where we haven't really done anything yet. Um, and I was kind of looking at, okay, where can we throw some extra, like, because I'm looking at doing like about six 50 foot long beds. So we ended up tilling up about two lanes and both of us kind of like I, I ran up and down a couple of times um, just doing an initial till without the bed shaper on it. And we both kind of stood at it and went like, oh, this, yeah. this does not look like the brutal clay that we have on half the rest of the property. Well, I think the reason that I was so surprised is before we built the gym and um, repaired our septic tank, that was where our failed septic bed was yeah. leaking. Um, and subsequently into the pond that's on that side of the house. So the pond was gray water, nothing would ever land in it. Nothing ever like nested near it. The only thing that we ever got was frogs in there, which is fine. I like frogs Um, and turtles. I like turtles. (laughs) I don't think we ever had turtles in there. I'm just being a smart ass. Um, But in between the house and that pond was where our, like tile bed, the weeping bed from our septic tank was failing. Our septic tank was failing. The tile bed was failing. And so that's, I was expecting that soil to be stinky and like just not really good shape. And we have literally done nothing with that 
piece of grass. Like we mow it down so that it doesn't get super long, but it's full of weeds. It's, it was pasture. It was grazing pasture for horses for years before we were here. We have never done anything with it. Like I don't even think the neighbor got in to bail that part because it just wasn't even worth it for him to run the tractor through there. Not even that. He couldn't fit his tractor up there. Right. He couldn't turn it around in the area between the fence and the pond. Right. And then when we put the new septic tank in, we kind of like, we built a bit of a berm for our um, raised bed, raised bed, like our raised tile bed, um, for our, for the new septic tank. And, um, like we, it's hard for us to get our tractor past there. I mean, we just kind of drive it across the lawn now, but like we, we can't drive machinery up and over that. You can now, but like yeah. we could. you couldn't for a bit. They say you can, he's like, I wouldn't park my tractor up there. Yeah. But he's like, you can, you can mow over it. You can do that type of stuff. I'm always so apprehensive because I don't want to yeah. damage it. Cause I know what happens if we crack a, yeah. a pipe well, out there. The big problem is depending on which area you go in, it's, it's too steep a slope. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get up close to it as I was trying to just like with the big field cutter, trying to mow everything down to keep it kind of clean. And it's quite the camber when you're driving on there. And yeah. I get a little nervous that I'm going to roll the tractor over. Too so. steep for a tractor, not steep enough for a toboggan. Yeah, it's a, it was a terrible <laughs> tobogganing hill this winter. So yeah, that that so that's a little bit further back from where the gardens are going to be. Probably another 75 or 80 feet is the new bed. This is on top of what was years ago, the old the old septic bed. Um, and yeah, it was actually really nice. So I, I still brought in, I still brought over a bunch of the... Um, um, a bunch of the um, compost compost soil that I have, and I brought over some of the. I kind of dug into the pile of ruby excrement mixed with some of the chicken stuff that's been there. So I tried to get into the bottom of it, the stuff that's been sitting there for a while, um, and brought some of that over. And we tilled that in, and then ran the bed shaper, and it looks pretty good. I'm really excited about. I'm. I think we have to lift it up and yeah. start over again yeah. with some proper sized landscape fabric. But it was a good test run. Yep. It was really cool to see that piece of equipment in action like the amount of time that it saved us like it literally took minutes for yeah. you to dig two of those beds in yeah. and in, how- in an hour i could probably do i could probably do four or five of those beds with the landscape fabric and if i wanted to put um, drip tape underneath of it it would do all of that all done in an hour i could probably have that in i could if i had water close i could probably have it all plumbed and everything too because that stuff plumbs in easy mm-hmm. so i was like oh this it's a is huge time great. saver yeah. So our plan over there is a pretty big garden of the stuff. The stuff uh, that side garden is going to be more production stuff. That's going to be like the large scale stuff that I've done well with. Growing potatoes. I love growing tomatoes. That's one of my favorites. Stuff like um, carrots haven't had a good time yet, but that's because I put them in the ground out back. In the I think clay. we could put viney things out there. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do one of those fifty foot rows. We're gonna do with uh, three sisters: corn, squash, and beans. Mm, I like that. I've, I've got a whole plan uh, that all planned out for that. Or one whole row, 50, 50 or 60 feet. Let's of that. talk, let's slow down and talk about that for a sec. So the three sisters is traditionally like an indigenous way of growing, um, crops like, um, companion growing. So you, you grow corn, squash and beans all together yeah. and the beans climb the corn and the, everything provides shade for the squash. Yeah. And the squash, I think, I can't remember which way it is. It's something to do with the nitrogen. I can't remember if the squash mm. adds nitrogen for the corn and the beans or the corn does. Like, I don't remember which way that goes. Yeah. But it uh, the in the ground, they all, like, the nutrients that they need and provide are are complementary. Yeah. I think it's just a really cool way of I mean, growing, like, yeah. companion crops. We've never, I've never done a lot of corn. Um, I've never grown any corn to speak of, um, although we're surrounded by it. Um, the corn. Can't eat it. Yeah. Corn around here um, is common but yeah it's not typically i wouldn't eat anything that came off the fields within the thousand acre radius of our home <laughs> right now yeah they're, they're spreading biosolids but we're not we're not giant fans of the smell or the, the whole idea but it's a contentious um, issue nonetheless um i've not grown that we did squash squash grows really well in our soil um we've done a little bit of beans not a lot um but yeah that that'll be fun over there um, i just imagine like because the boys really enjoy Green beans. I yeah. imagine like pole beans and yep. snap peas this summer, having them just like run the rows picking peas and just cracking them right in their mouths. Like, oh, yeah. I love that for them. They're dirty little feet in the, the soil. Oh yeah. They'll be snacking on that. And then all those little tomatoes, the little baby tomatoes. Mm. 
we did. I grew um, last year. I ended up going to a rare plant sale at a place around here that does a lot of like. Oh, that's a tur- Turtle Island place. Yeah. I forgot about them. They've yeah. got ducks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they they've developed a bit of a food forest and whatnot out there, and they um, they're real big on like um, cultivating heirloom seeds and whatnot. So I went to oh excuse me a plant sale, and we bought a bunch of different like really odd tomatoes. Um, Was that where you got the Paul Robson one? Yeah. Those were fantastic tomatoes. Everybody loves those tomatoes. I've yeah. got about six good plants down, like seedlings downstairs. I hope that you can transition those into the yeah. garden. It's really hard for me to not look at inst- my Instagram scrolling has really, really changed. I see people who have started their seeds and I'm like, bills don't look like that. <laughs> Some of that is because you're seeing people that are like three zones south of us that started a couple weeks earlier. Nope. There's one girl in Nova Scotia. They're, they're different growing zone though. Anyway, I have seed envy. Yeah. I have seedling envy. So my, uh, they're, they're coming up. Well, the big thing for the big excitement for me about a month ago when I put, started putting everything in because we, I, so I bought a bunch of tomatoes from them and I saved the seeds from those mm-hmm. and it was the first time saving seeds. Yeah. And I remember still like the day that the seedlings started popping up and I remember the, seeing the first one cause I have seeds that I bought and I have seeds that I saved. Talk about the seed saving process. So I've heard people say that you don't really need to do this with tomatoes. I don't know. I think like even just the process was kind of fun because it builds a little bit of anticipation and excitement yeah. about like putting something away in the fall and crossing your fingers all winter that in the spring when you put it in the soil, it's going to work. Yeah. So you save a tomato, let it go ripe, and then basically mash it and get all of the guts, like the slimy guts out of the middle of the tomato and put it in a jar about like a 500 mil jar, about half full of water. And basically you have to cycle. You leave it, you swish it around a little bit. You leave it for a couple of days and then you... Um, Ferment it essentially. Well, yeah, you would go in and you pour off all of the stuff. Um, I can't remember what order. I think the seeds float and when they sink is when they're good. So you keep pouring it off, adding water, kind of diluting it down. And eventually you have just the seeds because the tomato seeds have like a little gel on them. And you're trying to get that gel off before you save them. So basically then once it's all done, once they're all, you know, they're all, I think it's on the bottom. I don't recall. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, you pour them out and basically it, they dry separate. Them off. Yeah, pour them out, dry them off, and then I just put them in a little envelope and save them. And they actually came up this spring. Remember where you put them? Yes, it took me an extra day to find them because I don't have a. Great... Where were they? Where did you find them? Well, I mean, it doesn't help that. Just answer the question. I, I don't even. I don't remember where I found them now. <laughs> There's like I'm a... still missing seeds. Oh, jeez. Because remember, Olivia got a bunch from the farm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even remember how those were packaged. In a tiny little, like in a in a dime bag. They were in a dime bag. <laughs> hmm. there, was, there was like a series of just little tiny plastic Ziploc bags with, it was mostly corn seeds. Hmm. Corn kernels. Yeah. I mean, technically it's a seed, but like kernel. Um, corn so seeds. I'd like to find those before we have to put corn in the ground. Can't help you there, boss. No, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was it. The, my tomatoes are coming up. I'm going to do probably a good 50 feet of tomatoes. I want to do 30 or 35 plants. A pile of them will be those Samarans, the Sam, San Marzano. And oh, yeah. Just like the Roma tomatoes. Yeah. The so sauce ones. A, yeah. And then those bronze torch ones that are Roma style too. You know, as much as it is a epic pain in the ass i think that this year i will do a better job of taking the skins off the tomatoes when we process them yeah because i think last year we didn't have a kitchen no when we were processing starting it no yeah we did later on because i remember finishing some in the kitchen yeah Yeah. but i mean for the most part like we did a kitchen renovation in the middle of the summer when you were building your epic garden and i'm like what is going to happen with all of this stuff do you remember doing peaches at a friend's kitchen yeah so friends of ours went on holidays. Actually, members in the gym went on holidays for ten days, and Hannah, right in Hannah the middle of for them. yeah, right in the middle of peach season. I was like, "Ooh, can I use your kitchen while you're away to can some peaches?" And it worked out really well. I think I ended up being able to can another bunch of peaches once the kitchen was finished. Yeah, yeah. We still, so, want to, you know, you know, what we're gonna have for breakfast tomorrow. 
Peach pecan scrambler. Yeah. I'll try to, I'll take some pictures and all. That's one of my favorite breakfasts. We'll I po- like that. I'll we'll post that on the, on the gram. That's a good one. It looks like cat food. Yeah, it doesn't it look looks great, disgusting. <laughs> it smells good. And as soon as you start eating, you're like, no, this is actually really good. It's tasty. I it, don't, do we it, have applesauce? I don't know if we have applesauce. Yeah, that might be the catch. <laughs> it's really simple. It's Can candy. you make it without? No. Hmm. Get the girls to go to the grocery store. Tonight. <laughs> yeah, whose car? <laughs> Hannah's got a car. I, I'm just, I was trying to make a segue to Maya blowing up yeah. Kit. Our oldest <laughs> daughter bought a new car and our middle daughter got her license all in the same week and a half or so it's been a big week for our family yeah and then last night we get a last night it was last yeah night. we got a i got a phone call from an our, sos text yeah. uh the car is not working i'm like what do you mean not working she's like uh i don't know all the lights are on and it it shut off and it smells funny and it was literally like two and a half yeah. three kilometers from home so you ran up picked her up and we left the car there and we went and towed it back this morning I don't know if anybody has ever been the driver of a towed vehicle. That was terrifying. You were not a fan. Not being in control of the vehicle. Like you, you have a little control. You can go about a foot left, foot right. Man. And, and, like, and no power steering. So it's right. So it was cranking the wheel. And then when we pulled in the driveway, with the brake. there's no power yeah, brake. There's like, no brake. So I had to stomp on the brake. And then I was um, <laughs> I, I, out of sorts a little bit, I guess, and feeling really nervous and you know, distracted. I, 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 when we were pulling in the driveway, I actually put my foot on the gas <laughs> to like, to, to roll up into the driveway. I'm like, Oh wait, Hey, it's just so it strange. Like to be in a vehicle and not be in control of it. Like, yeah. I don't think I've ever towed a vehicle that far, uh, at all in either position. I've, I've been, I used to be a member of four wheel drive club. So we used to do all sorts of crazy crap. And I remember like having my truck buried and getting it pulled out of mud, but you pulled 10 feet and then drive the rest of it. Yeah. Like you're not going anywhere. That was scary. <laughs> I did, oh. did not enjoy that. Yeah. We so, made it. The car's, the car's safely in the driveway. We're going to get it towed yeah. to the mechanic so, tomorrow. We don't know what we're going to do with Kit. We don't know Find if she's going gonna, to make it. Kit's going to be R.I.P. K.I.T. Yeah. <laughs> Kit stands for Karen in training. I'm not really sure why the car got that name, but when she bought a new one, so she bought a. I mean, she she was driving a Subaru Impreza, and we found a decent legacy, which is the like step up vehicle. So she was going to call the new one Cat for Kit yeah. and Cat, so that they could be parked in the driveway side by side, Kit and Cat. Well, yeah, because they're going to live together too. So mm-hmm. there might be. We'll see. I don't know. Are you taking a break from our sponsor? This episode of the Chasing Life podcast is brought to you by The Leaf and Anchor, London's newest fake bar. Join us for Taco Tuesday, Friday Night Dart League, and for a limited time, get a free koozie when you mention this podcast. Leaf and Anchor, real merch, fake bar. All right. So what else do we got on here? Um, I was going to go talk about uh, visiting our coaches little baby. Oh. So one of our coaches and his wife had a baby um last Sunday. Um so I got a chance to go and visit on Friday and that was really nice cuz I brought them some meals and some food, some um some bone broth. I made some oxtail bone broth, which was kind of exciting because um she is a vegetarian and I wasn't sure if she would eat or drink bone broth. And so I asked our coach if his wife would be interested in that because I know how nutritious that is for a, a postpartum mom, all of the good things that are in bone broth. And I had some really nice oxtail that we had picked up from the market. So I really wanted to use that for them. So um, he asked her and she said, as long as there was no chunks in it, that she would, she would try it. So I made up some, some bone broth with oxtail. I put lots of good things in it. Um, and I mean, we know that all the good things that bone broth delivers like proline and glycine and collagen and all of those really good things for, for healing. So postpartum moms need that. I got to snuggle the babe and he's just a little sweetheart. And it's so nice to see, um, our coach as a dad. (laughs) It's really cute. Um, and I made them, um, some meals to put up in the freezer. I made enchilada casserole, which is a family favorite. And that one's really easy to make vegetarian as well. So you just like throw it all together, make the vegetarian one, and then 
put the meat in afterwards and make the, the meat one. So I did that for them. And then I did like a roasted vegetable marinara and same thing. But I put ground beef in that one and that probably wasn't the best protein choice because it didn't look very nice. <laughs> but it's fine because you just mix it with pasta and throw some cheese on top and bake it. It's delicious. It was pretty tasty. That was the night that you were sick though. Yeah. So you didn't eat that. What did I have that night? Oh, my Nothing. Stomach. Yeah. No. Your, your stomach was wonky. Yeah, you so didn't eat stom- any food. Stomach thing made its round. And that night I was just like, I had lunch and it made me feel really terrible. Yeah. And I wasn't actually even hungry. So I don't remember what day that was, but it was delicious. And little, <laughs> do you remember Bo that night? Were you in the kitchen when Bo? So I roasted all of the vegetables in the casserole dish and then put them in the blender to blend them. And then Bo went to the cupboard where his little sippy cup is that he usually gets a smoothie in. And he brought me his smoothie cup because he thought that the, the pasta sauce was Here's smoothie. Yeah. And he, he doesn't say it yet, but Hudson used to call Mooly. smoothies moo-moos. Yeah, or mooly. It started as moo-moos. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can get Bo saying that too. And we mm-hmm. don't have smoothies often, but... No. See, well, maybe it's getting into summer, so maybe that'll come back. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like Bo is taking longer to talk, but his words are more accurate. I think his, I don't want to say delayed speech because he's only, you know, he's not even two yet. So I wouldn't call it delayed speech, but Hudson was definitely talking a lot more at Bo's age, but that is pretty standard for babies of the family. And like Hudson speaks for Bo. Yeah. And that's that's pretty typical. I'm not, I'm not at all concerned. No. It, and you can absolutely communicate with him. Mm-hmm. He, you can, you can talk to him in full sentences and you can tell he understands because he responds appropriately or shakes his head. Yes or no. Or yeah, he does the big one yeah. little like big nod. Yeah. Big, one big nod. Like his head's going to fall off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that. Anything else to talk about? Oh, we're still week in the gym. So, yeah. well, I mean, deload week in the gym is pretty clever this week because we've got Festivus coming up yeah. on Saturday. So, I'd like it's to time, take it's credit. Time, yeah, it's timed well. I'd like to take credit for that, but I can't. It's just a coincidence, thanks to Chris Spieler. Um, so, and it's nice because we have a couple of new members joining the gym. So, I like deload weeks for new members as well because it's a great way for them to kind of ease into things and get their toes, dip their toes in a little bit. So big comp on Saturdays. We've got 15 athletes headed to a recreational competition. 15 athletes. How many people, how many teams is that? (laughs) It's five teams. Um, at, uh, four city CrossFit. So we were there on Saturday to go over just movement standards and things like that. I'm acting as head judge. If Ruby doesn't calf still waiting for this calf to come. We got a visit from our, my mentor, Mike last Wednesday, I'm so excited that Mike popped by for a visit to kind of check in and give us a little pat on the back and tell us we're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. You were here for a little while with them. And- I, I felt kind of bad because <laughs> it was, a, it was a busy night in the gym. Your parents were over and Wednesday nights we have a coach, so we don't have, I don't have to be in the gym coaching classes and it's usually our, our dinner night with your parents and we're, you know, usually snuggled around the table. It was my night to cook and we were just having barbecue chicken. Cause what were we doing that night? We were doing, we were out working in the field. Oh, we were fixing the back fence. We were yeah, fixing we the gate the, at the back. the back. Corner. We got a lot done last week. Holy smokes. Um, so we came in late and we just ended up having just a quick like barbecue chicken, but then Mike pulled in and I said, who's that? Who's that white truck pulling in? Is that Mike? And away I went and I felt a little bit bad cause I pretty much just ghosted everybody in cause I was so excited to come out and chat with Mike and he says she's looking good. He says she's looking good. He says that he thinks that we're a ways out from a calf yet. But so after he went on and on and talked about all of the things that we're looking for, he's like, could be a week could happen overnight. I was like, thanks Mike. Like we're no further ahead, but it's always, it's always nice to have a chat with Mike and you know, and feel like we're on the right track. Cause we've said it before. We have no idea what we're doing. We're just like fucking, fucking around and finding out. out. <laughs> we said that in perfect unison. Um, and you know, for Mike to, who is a, a seasoned, um, beef farmer for him to say to us, she's looking good. You're doing a great job. Just kind of. And the, the other thing I like about Mike is, um, 
he encourages me to think critically about things. So when I ask him a question, he'll ask me a question back. Well, well, it, Mike's way of doing that just encourages me to lean into my intuition. Well, what do you think? What do you see? What do you notice? And, and so it's, it's just kind of like encouraging me to lean into it. And I think the reason why I'm apprehensive to lean into my intuition is because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm afraid to make a mistake. So like, what if my intuition is wrong? Like, what if I really screw this up? That's, that's my big fear, but it's kind of nice to have him here to say like, no, you're doing great. And like, we talked about nutrition and we talked about like Ruby's nutrition, like what she's, how she's been eating. He's not asking you how you're eating. <laughs> no, he doesn't give a shit about what I'm eating. Um, he only cares about my heifer. As long as it's beef. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just kind of checking in and, and looking her over and she's come a long way. She, when she came to us, she maybe had a little bit of um, some lice issues and maybe a little bit of ringworm and we treated them and she's, and you know, being out on pasture in the sunshine, I think is, is yeah. good for her. Like her condition is looking really good. Her, her hair is looking really good. So and then she had a little bath yesterday because she was in the rain for a bit and didn't want to come in. No. Well, I, th- I thought you were laughing. You said she had a bath because I actually took yeah. a bucket of soapy water out and gave her a little wash up because she pooped on herself again. So I'm, I'm just, I don't, I, I know that it's how calves are born, but I'm just, if I can keep her clean and like mitigate any kind of risk of infection, then I'm going to do that because I'm not squeamish. I don't care. So I brought a bucket of water and a cloth out and she's, <laughs> she wouldn't even get up. Like she wouldn't even, she was laying down chewing her cud happily. And I walked over to her with a bucket and a washcloth and she didn't get up. So she laid there and I washed her butt. Listen, <laughs> listen, most sponge baths are while you're laying down in bed. Yeah. She, she gave zero fucks and let me, let me wash her down and, so, and then we had a little snuggle. Then I laid on her and snuggled in the field for a little while. Against My a, pasture puppy. Against a 700, 900-pound sweaty. Yeah. So Friday night she was charging me. <laughs> Sunday afternoon we were laying in the field having a snuggle. I dozed off. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I slept, but I was like, it was a beautiful day. Blue sky, white puffy clouds, nice breeze. Pretty good weekend. Cow chewing her cud. I've already got me and the boys all have farmer stands already. Yeah, I I had a redneck. <laughs> yeah. L- literally, actually. Literally, and that I, was and that was only Wednesday night or Tuesday or yeah. Thursday night. Thursday night. Thursday was the day I got burned. Um, no, no, because Thursday I got smart and wore a shirt. It was Wednesday that I got burned. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it was dinner night because yeah. we wrote early. Um, one thing I would like to do this week is get that milker going and and spend some time learning how to get that put together because what are you going to milk to practice oh stop don't say it (laughs) okay um are we ready for a question what do we do you have oh 43 minutes oh geez do you have a question i don't have a question okay Uh, i'll ask you mine first you went first last week i'll go first this week that doesn't help me though. Oh. I thought I was so clever. Like on Sunday, I was already thinking about it last week. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know what the question is. Um, maybe we can we can both answer this question because maybe we both have an answer to this question. I'm sure we do. Um, what have you considered to be a fail on the farm so far? Something that didn't go quite as planned. Something that. You had a different sort of expectation. All of my seedlings last year. Mm. I think. I'm, Do we have that sound effect on our no, board? Uh, <laughs> yes, actually. If I can find it. <laughs> Cheesy. Um, no, yeah, last year. I don't think any of the seedlings that I started from seed in the house ever came up. Hmm. All of like, I mean, I seeded stuff directly into the garden beds, like kale and stuff later on, but I don't think anything made it out. Mm. I had seedlings that I bought, like I bought some from Mulberry Moon. I bought some from that Turtle Island. That stuff I've managed. Now they were already like 
four or five inch tall plants. They all made it, but the stuff that I started in the house didn't make it. None of it. Not a single thing. That's sad. And I was the other day I was sitting there looking at the seedlings going like Was it were they further along when I lost them last? Like if I passed the point that I I think that the the amount of light is detrimental because they get too leggy. So I learned a few things and these ones are not. There's a few that are and I think some of them are the type of plants. Like there's some cabbage and stuff that I think has a bigger, like gets taller, so to speak. Um, and then, but stuff like my, t- I've got some tomatoes that are real small and thick. Mm. They're very thick. That's how you want them. Yeah. Um, so you learn a few things. Like, I mean, I rotate them a lot. Um, we started, when it we was We took them outside it, yesterday. Was that good for them or bad for them? Um... Because it was windy. I ended up moving them. So I very early started putting a fan on the plants. So we have a fan there um, that I don't turn on all the time. I turn on some of the time. And it kind of blows across the one rack. And I move them, kind of like alternate them into that rack a little bit here and there. And spin them around so that it's not blowing the same way. The lights aren't going on them the same way. Um, uh, So yeah, that's kind of the... And also like... Our, the, the lights that we have are kind of fixed the height. A lot of people have them real low and slowly bring them up a little bit. Um, so I don't do that. But so far, these ones are looking okay. I think I think they were all okay. I don't think they should have been out quite as long as they were. But they've all recovered well. Mm. And I don't think that's actually a bad thing to have them kind of get a little, like, weepy. Because then they grow back stronger. Hopefully. It's like anything. It's like your legs hurting after a hard day in the workout. Or a hard day at the gym. Mm grow back stronger so yeah most of them are looking good there's a few that failed the one tray i didn't like it's got holes in it so it's not really it's not holding any well the the like sub tray that it's sitting in does is also perforated so it doesn't hold any moisture um and there's a few that didn't transplant very well because i already had to separate them out because there was too many seeds in in a thing that's what happens when you have a four-year-old help you put seeds in the pots (laughs) um so i had to already kind of transplant some of them out um, but most, for the most part, knock on wood, they're looking pretty good. So, but yeah, last losing it last year is probably about the biggest thing that I've failed at. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like, I mean, we've gone slow enough that most of it's not big fails. Yeah. Most of it's like, I mean, the other thing is like that, that chicken coop wasn't a great idea, but we built on that. I learned a lot doing that. Like I, a lot of times, like when I, that the original chicken, the old chicken coop, yeah, the old yeah, yeah. One, like that, that didn't work well. We made it work and it got us through and everything. Yeah. But again, like I it's learned. It's going to be a good duck house though. Yeah. And I learned a lot from building that, like things to do and not do. Mm-hmm. Like don't have a chicken coop that's four by eight with a door that swings in. That's a terrible idea. And also that's, that chicken coop was way overbuilt for how big it is. Like it's, it's a lug. It's part really of, difficult to move. Part of that was because we needed it to be warm because we got those chicks way too late. Mm-hmm. We started those ones in September, so they weren't they weren't hardened off in time for the weather to hit. So it had to be like that thing is insulated. I had to t- tear insulation out last summer because it was so hot in there. Those were the Sassos. Yeah, that's the original. Yeah, our original bunch. Mm-hmm. We started them from day olds in that coop, mm-hmm. and it had to be like overly insulated because they couldn't stand the, the heat mm-hmm. or just couldn't stand the cold. So that's why it was built that way. Yeah. And it worked. It did its job. It just wasn't the most ideal. Okay. What's your question for me? What is your biggest, <laughs> you said you were going to answer. So I want to hear it. Um, and I'm not going to listen because I've got to, no, I'm joking. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, we've lost some chickens. Um, and I think that it wasn't necessarily a fail on our part, but definitely an oversight. Um, when we moved them into the stall in the barn, we didn't account for something getting through the stall bars and being able to get into the stall. And we had a, a bit of a murder scene in there, which was... That was a long time ago. It wasn't that long ago. It was enough... It was a while ago, but it wasn't that long ago. No. Um, it was just devastating because the chickens that were killed inside the stall were like just left for dead in there yeah. in front of their other siblings, like in front of their flock mates. Like it was just, yeah, it was just gruesome. Um, and then, yeah, the 
the other time we lost some. So we, I mean, over time we've lost probably about 15 or 20 chickens due to predators, which I don't think is terrible given how many chickens we've raised. That's not bad odds, especially out here when we have coyotes rampant like we do. Um, I don't know. I haven't figured out sourdough yet. That always feels like a fail every time I try because I try to make gluten-free sourdough and it's just not. Somebody replaces the gluten-free flour with regular flour. Yeah. I try to like kill out the, and I, I could just make my own sourdough starter. Um, but I just tell myself that I don't have time for it. And then I spend six weeks trying to find sourdough starter. So I might as well just start my own. Um, Yeah, and then maybe that last batch of chicks that we tried to to hatch in the incubator. Oh, <laughs> I know what it is. Never mind. <laughs> the biggest fail for me is going to Berry Hill and seeing the 24-egg incubator and you and I going like, come on, listen. So we bought a 24-egg incubator thinking like, oh, we can incubate, you know, Two, we have two, another incubator that holds 14 eggs, and we can put 24 in this one. That's, what, 38 eggs that we could hatch at a time, and we could, re- we could replenish our flock with one go of the incubator. And so we start unpacking this 24-egg incubator. I said, you know, Bill, this looks like exactly the same size. In a box, the- it seemed. The box seemed bigger than the one that we had No, hatched. sure didn't. Uh, I was just expecting something different to come out of the same size box, I suppose. So we get it all unpacked and sure as shit, it's exactly the same size. With a different disc. With just a different egg tray in it. Yeah. A 24 egg tray in it. Which also doesn't work. retails for nine ninety nine on the Brinzy website. It doesn't work. And well, I think it just packs them in too tightly. It didn't rotate them properly. So we put 24 eggs in. Um, seven to 10 days after we put them in, I candled them and, um, it took us too long to realize that the eggs weren't rotating. And so what happens is the egg just pools essentially, and a chick doesn't form. So out of 24 eggs, 12 of them looked viable. So we threw out the ones that looked pooled inside. I don't know what, how else to describe what I saw. Um, and of the 12 that we left in only six hatched. So out of 24 eggs that we put in, we only had six hatch, which was a pretty grim um, success rate. So and it's not a failure, but it's not, it's not ideal. So now we got duck eggs in there and we'll see what happens in 14, 13, 12 days. 12 so here's days. a question about the duck eggs. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Like, what's your thought going forward with the ducks? Is this something you want to try to save eggs from them and hatch new ones? Or are we going to butcher all of these? I don't really know because I don't know what's there. Like we just kind of got a mixed baker's dozen of duck eggs and I have no idea what breed of ducks we're going to get. It depends on what we, it depends on what's there. So there's just like chickens, there's ducks that are better layers. They're better ducks for meat. I like duck as a meat. You don't necessarily like duck as a meat. I, I don't dislike it. I just don't care for it as much yeah i enjoy duck um they're a lot harder to manage than chickens which is my i also just like the idea of having ducks running around out there like Um, pond puppies (laughs) we're gonna have pasture puppies and pond puppies we have a dog we have a shitty barn cat we don't have other animals that are don't serve they're gonna have eggs they're gonna have they're gonna lay eggs Just let me have my ducks, Bill. They're so cute. I can't wait to have them. And we have a great spot for them out there. They're gonna be. They're gonna be so perfectly happy. Follow up question. Uh huh. Are you gonna get attached to them and not allow me to butcher them? Mm, we'll see what comes out of those eggs. We'll see. Because I can remember getting you getting the list of breeds that she has. I was googling them. Yeah, and you were like, oh, "Look at these." The white, oh my god, look at these ones. There's, that was really loud. There's white ones that have stumpy little faces. Like, if you were to draw a picture of a duck, this is what you would draw. Like, fluffy little tail feathers, stumpy little heads, beady little eyes. They are the cutest. The white ducks with yellow beaks and feet. I'm just... And I think there's only two of those in the, the incubator. Okay, so I have another question. Okay. 
This might be long, but for not having questions, you have, have a lot of you questions. Thought of a logo. Oh, for the podcast. Yeah, well, for like for, for chasing my farm. farm. I think uh, the kind of idea that I had was maybe like all of the animals that we have on the farm, like kind of all in a row, chasing each other, like towards a barn. Do you know what I mean? Like, but, so I look at designing because i come from like social media online background i look at something going okay i want it to be translatable i want to be able to embroider it onto a shirt and have it look good i want to be able to make stickers i want to be able to make like logo for instagram and all that stuff to print it on stuff and look good it has to translate to all of those medium mm-hmm. which is always the challenge that's just like a silhouette of the animals like biggest to smallest Chasing each other towards a barn. So I was messing around for a little bit today. And I had some concepts that I found. And I got into the whole AI thing. Oh, geez. Like chat GPT? Oh, yeah. Oh, for crying out loud. So they've got ones like you can write a description of what you want. And it will try to come up with something. So the like stock shutter images that I had that I thought was really cool was... And I'm, I'll put these in. So hopefully, depending on what podcast app you're looking in you might be able to look at your phone and see these are you going to put that as the album art for today's episode i can actually do chapter art and divide these up and have them like come up individual so i'm going to add these in so i had this one which is like the and i thought about doing it with like arrows because crossed arrows is a big indigenous thing which is kind of fun it's like friendship and whatnot but and then doing like instead of the you should probably do some more research about that (laughs) you know friendship and whatnot i can't remember but i was like oh that's a great idea when i read it so I thought about like, and doing like maple leaves for the, the wreath, the wreath. And then, yeah, like R8, like I don't think about pig yet, but like, cause we don't have pigs. Not yet. So I thought like a cow, a chicken, a duck and, and a bee. Oh, that'd be fun. Ooh, that's what else we're doing this weekend. We're yeah. doing our beekeeping oh, yeah. course. So Sunday we have our beekeeping course at earth and honeybee. And I'm, I'm excited about that because I'm excited to have bees back on the property. Yeah. And I'm excited, uh, excited, nervous, terrified yeah. um, to do the beekeeping ourselves. Yeah. So, we have to have like, we have to buy some equipment when we're there. You're supposed to have a hood and whatnot. So this is another one that had a little cow on it. And I thought like you could uh, add like a chicken or something to it as well. See, I like that for, you know, how Instagram has the little like yeah. highlight stories things. You could use that as like, you could use that little cow like do a cow a pig a chicken a duck do you know what i mean yep i do and then i found this one too which is kind of fun i would get i would get rid of most of like the background yeah i don't like that because i don't love that i also don't like um talking about things that we're looking at a screen that no one else can see that's really boring well that's what i say it's going to be in the chapter art yeah but people if they're listening in their car they're not going to see these a rolling meadow with a cow and a chicken in a little circle and i thought about making the circle egg shape rather than a circle Hmm. just for funsies and the chicken is perched on top of the cow cow. yeah but I, I i wanted to get a cow with udders though yeah and then this was the ai ones so i i it was like a content cow and a happy chicken that's weird. Yeah, it got kind of weird, which will be fun to see. So, like, it's not if you don't look directly at it, it looks exactly like a chicken and a and a cow. <laughs> but if you look at it, you're like, that's not right. <laughs> the rooster is significantly bigger than the cow. And then that... this thing. What the fuck? <laughs> this is this is like the AI crap now. I don't like that. Yeah, it's like. It's like a centaur, but it's got the head of a chicken in the <laughs> in the back of a cow. Like the it's is got it three the, legs. It, it, oh, I'm speechless. <laughs> at first, I thought it was just like the because I'm not looking at it straight on. I can't tell exactly what I'm looking at. But, uh, <laughs> You're more unsettled as you look. Well, I thought that maybe it was just like the chicken wing had a cow pattern on it. Not exactly, though. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't. <laughs> this is not. I just took some what I signed up because I thought it was funny. No, I don't oh, like it. And there's oh, uh, what book are you reading right now? Not reading. What's that? I don't know. What do you? <laughs> You're not reading a book right now. I can't remember the name of it. One of the Tom Clancy books. Hmm. 
was just starting the Jack Ryan series just because I needed something to... I had insomnia. I'm reading a book about cheese. Yeah. So it's dairy. <laughs> dairy. You've got the family cow book. You've got the A2 milk book. You've got a cheese book. Yeah. You roll around with three books. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I don't read. <laughs> They're all about cheese. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of cheese. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap so this up. So is Bobo. Bobo yeah, loves Bobo cheese. Bobo loves cheese. Let's wrap cheese. this up. Alrighty. So that's it for another week. Tune in again next week. For what? Bees. We'll have, yeah. wow, we'll have just done the bee. Like Sunday's the bee course. So mm-hmm. We record Monday night. We'll talk about bees. 